All right. Says that we are live. I'm going to give it just a second to make 100% sure. All right. There we go. Once the notification pops up. That's the notification. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Um, Let me mute my YouTube here. Okay. Welcome to episode 94, fast approaching the big 100 of Divi Chat. Um, I'm sure most of you tuning in are aware uh, what Divi Chat's about. Uh, we're a group of uh, web designers and developers who love WordPress and Divi, and uh, we're just here to talk about some really cool stuff, a lot of, a lot of nuggets of good information. So welcome, everybody. Uh, today's episode, um, we were, you know what we were going to talk about, and it, it took us a little bit to come up with a title, but how to find and work with a web developer. So we're kind of, we're kind of giving you, the, the client, um, tips and tricks on how to find a good web, web developer, how to maximize the web design experience, and uh, how to ultimately end up with an awesome website where everybody's happy. So welcome, guys. Good to see, uh, good to see all of you. I missed last week. So, Hola. Hola. All right. Well, um, let's let in, uh, we'll let Stephanie Hudson introduce herself since uh, she hasn't been on the show in a bit. Stephanie, how's it going? It's going good. Glad to be here. I'm Stephanie with Sweet Tea. Uh, you can find me at enjoysweettea.com and enjoysweettea on Facebook and Instagram. Excellent. Thanks for coming on the show. Uh, let's go with uh, Sarah. Hey guys, I'm Sarah Oates from Endure Web Studios. You can find me at endure.com.au or Endure Web on the socials. Welcome. All right, Leslie. Hello, um, I'm Leslie Burnell. Uh, I'm down here in Texas, and you can find me at a girl in her Mac dot design and on all the socials at a girl in her Mac. Excellent. Timmy, how's it going? Hey everybody, Tim Streifler here, and you can find me online at divilife.com, timstreifler.com, and wpgears.com. And and where do you reside, Tim? Where's your place? I residence? reside in Central Texas. Oh. <laughs> smooth, smooth. There's an ongoing joke where I say Austin, Texas, and Leslie gets mad at me because I technically don't live in Austin, mad. I live in a suburb city. Round Rockers. <laughs> I've never heard Leslie say any of these things. I just hear Tim every time say I know. I know. It's an ongoing joke now. And she's never even gotten mad at me. She's just like, I don't even remember what happened. <laughs> you don't live in Austin. You live in Round Rock or something like that. I, I just have to bring it up every time I'm like hosting. So Yeah. We, yeah. We, yeah we should <laughs> oh, I just got a notification that my volume is pretty low. How's that? Is that better? Okay. Yeah, that's better. Yep. All was, right, so I, I'm Tim Streifler, and you can, I'm going to do it all over again. You can find me on, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> all right, and I am uh, Corey Jenkins. I uh, hail from Prescott, Arizona. You can find me at aspengrovestudios.com, divi.space, potentplugins.com, and some other places on the interwebs. And uh, yeah, super excited to be here. I think it's going to be a, a great uh, topic. I think all of us here have some experience as web developers and, um, you know, probably us, I I know a lot of times I try to like turn the tables and feel up, you know, kind of see from the client's perspective, how the process is going. Um, so that's kind of what we're going to talk about today. Some tips and tricks on finding a web developer, how to make the process uh, nice, nice and smooth to where you're, you're working, uh, amicably. I haven't used that word in a while together. (laughs) Yeah. Great word. Thanks, man. 
All right. Uh, who wants who wants to kind of kind of get things rolling? Tim, do you want to throw in some uh, some introductions here to get us going? <laughs> yeah, I mean, this one doesn't really have any definitions or, or much to define, but um, I like what you said, Corey, about kind of turning the tables and looking at it through the client's perspective. And then also, uh, you know, there's lots of people out there that have sort of, um, you know, dabbled with creating a, their, a website for their own company and then realized that, you know what, it's actually really, really hard. <laughs> and so now they want to, you know, kind of uh, hire a professional and, and take it to the next level. And so this will be helpful for people out there that are, are doing that and, uh, you know, need some tips on, on hiring a, a professional and, and how to be a, a good client. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, well, and if I can just, it was, I kind of thought of this topic because last week we talked about um, our best and worst design jobs, and it, we were mostly just talked about the bad stuff, <laughs> like horror stories. <laughs> and then afterwards, um, I went back and watched it because I wanted to see the comments from the people who were joining in live, because um, I don't keep my YouTube up while I'm on here. And when I was watching it, I was like, you know, this isn't really fair. We're kind of slacking on clients a lot here, but they have no idea how to act or what to ask. So it's not really their fault if they're being a bad client. They have no idea how what makes a good client or a bad client or what the, the things they could be doing or whatever. So um, that's what kind of, I thought this would be a good follow-up to that um, just to kind of, you know, help get some clarity on on what all the things that frustrate us because I'm sure they don't, maybe they don't mean to do it. So. <laughs> <laughs> I was saying we should have an episode with clients on talking about what we could do better. <laughs> Just like roasting us on, on like live oh, here. Get us back. <laughs> All I right, mean, I so think even from the perspective of the fact that we are also clients to other people, like um, yeah. I had someone help me out with some content writing and I remember feeling really nervous as a client and also even though I had clients and I had been in the game maybe two or three years at that point I still don't know that I was the best client on that particular occasion so I don't think it's a bad thing to reflect on um, you know what you can do to make the experience for someone else that you're paying more valuable where you get more out of it where you're not paying ridiculously for no reason um, where you're not wasting their time and where they actually want to work with you. I think that's a helpful thing for all of us to think through as well. Definitely. Exactly. Um, so I, I guess a good place to, to get started would be like how to find the right web designer or developer that's like a good fit for you and your project and your objectives. You go to uh, enjoysweettea.com. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that, that'll go in the show notes with an affiliate link on there 25 percent of every uh project oh my gosh <laughs> i mean i reckon to be honest that, that of course there's all sorts of websites around and if you're in the divi space and you're thinking oh well maybe i want to find someone who's divi related then you could go to one of the facebook groups or whatever but to be honest, I think the best way to find someone that you can trust is to get a referral from someone else that yes. if you know someone else who has a really great website or they it, it has the right feel or the look, often in the footer tag, it will have who made that website. You can go have a look at their stuff um, or talking to people that you know if they've had a really great experience with a developer and then asking them who that is. I Honestly, I think that is the best way to find someone that you are going to have a good experience with or they're going to create the kind of website that you're looking for. Most people's 
portfolio will give you a really good picture of is that something that you want your end product to be? And then you can ask the price. And if the price is out of the scheme, then go look somewhere else. But what they are putting in their portfolio is probably what they're going to produce. So if they can't show you anything good in their portfolio, then don't use them. Yeah. And, and, you know, you brought up price and I want to point out like, you know, clients probably have no idea. Okay. Does that mean I go, I fill out their form and I tell them a general thing, like I want a five page site and that I'm, that's supposed to get me a quote. A lot of times a good developer is going to need a lot more information than that. Um, they're going to get you a questionnaire. They want to find out more about your business uh, and about you and stuff like that. So, so right off the bat, when you're going to go in and look for pricing, um, you want some conversation there. You don't want to be like, oh yes, I'm going to do it. I'll do it for 500 bucks. That's a red flag. That would be a red flag to me. Um, yeah. One, why is it so low? Two, you haven't asked me anything about my business. So is there a strategy? Is there anything? So, I mean, the, I guess kind of the downside about web design, it's great that anybody can kind of learn to do it. But that's also the downside because anybody can freaking be doing it and be charging money. So you have to be a little weary and careful. So, you know, hopefully we can cover things like that, that you can, you should be looking for things, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and I'm kind of trying to put myself in uh, a client's shoes and, you know, knowing what I know now about the business, what would I want to make sure that, uh, you know, a web designer developer has before I hire them. And, and some of this is, is, you know, real stuff that, you know, when I'm looking to hire someone for my team or subcontractors, whatever it may be, kind of things I look for. Um, and one thing that I think is important now, I don't know of a good method for really executing this and, and figuring this out, but like I've seen some web designers and developers that like, you know, maybe 10 years ago, if I saw that, you know, or without having any knowledge, I'd be like, oh, wow, they do really good work. But now I can quickly identify that, oh, like, they're just, you know, using a, a theme template, which nothing wrong with that, but they're just swapping out content. They're not really doing a whole lot of design there. They're really just kind of implementing a theme and, and adding their, you know, the client's content. And again, nothing wrong with that. But as a client, I would want to make sure that they have the design skills so that if I need to do something outside of a certain theme or template, that they're going to be able to take that and, and you know, run with it, um, you know, opposed to just, you know, installing a theme and, and adding content. And again, not knocking anybody that, that, you know, that has that workflow, like there's definitely a, a place for that. But I think maybe well, there's a place for that as long as they're not claiming that it's their own, like that it's a custom yeah. design. I, I have a big exactly. problem with that. <laughs> but yeah. if people are using templates, I mean, I use um, Elliot Themes layout packs for like um, clients who don't have a lot of money, for example, but they know they're using a template. Like they know that yeah. that's what they're getting. Um, but I, I have a big problem with people who say they're doing custom designs and then they use some layout pack or a yeah. template. Or they buy something on ThingForest. <laughs> I did it all myself. That really annoys me because <laughs> charging for a template versus charging for custom work is really different price range so yeah make sure that if they say they're doing custom work that their stuff looks different enough that it probably is custom yeah <laughs> and once once again i think i think clients a lot of times focus too much on the design and they might hire a designer or developer based on or their designs look awesome but but something else that you have to look into is um you know do they have an idea do they know how to meet your objectives? So if your objectives mm -hmm. are, I want to build this new website, I want to convert X amount of visitors. I want to do, you know, and, and have, so, so I think having those objectives, um, you know, up front when you, when you meet with a web designer 
are, are really important. And then talk to them about what are we going to do to achieve these objectives as opposed to just like design me like a, a really pretty website, you know. And I think based on their feedback on that, we'll give you a good idea of, well, yes, they can design, but they also know what's important when designing to convert uh, customers. And if someone says Boom. they're going to make you number one on Google, <laughs> be really skeptical. They're either going to do something real dodge or they're not being honest to you about what they're going to do because yeah, that's a whole other Yeah, unless they're going to write like five <laughs> blog articles a day for you then. Uh-huh. <laughs> All right. Uh, do you think like, do you think when, when a person is seeking out a web designer, are there certain cases where they should look for a local person? Um, maybe it depends on the client if they're more comfortable with like in-person meetings Maybe they want them to like know the community really well. Um, do, do you think that makes a difference? I think if now this isn't like a hard and fast rule um, or, or this isn't like a, a set in stone rule, but if it's a local business, I think like meaning, you know, they're going after the local demographics of a restaurant, you know, or, you know, a, a someone, a service business that works locally in that community, having a web designer that also understands that community, their same target audience goes a long way. If it's an online business, uh, then it doesn't matter as much, you know, because the audience is much bigger. But I think, yeah, for, for if the client's business is, is local and it's focusing on a certain demographic, then having someone there that understands that and knows the area, I think is definitely a leg up. It's not, you know, it's not a hundred percent deal breaker in my opinion, but I think that definitely is important. Yeah. Yeah. And also if you're someone who prefers to go meet at an office or a coffee shop with your web developer to talk face to face and, you know, really understand what's going on. Um, that may be a better uh, idea for you. I know plenty of people who um, they wouldn't hire somebody in another state. Like it's not even, yeah. they can't wrap their brain around not seeing somebody in person. And um, yeah. it just depends on, on your preference for that. But there's good people local and even out of the country that could probably do just as good of a job, but it just depends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Clients. out of the country stuff too, though, because then you're talking about different exchange rates and different time zones. Yeah, yeah. I think sometimes if someone wants to get, you know, if they're going for the absolute lowest price, you might end up in the Philippines or India, which could be a perfectly good developer and all of that. But if you're talking, you know, English as a second language and different like drastically different time zones and all of that, is that really worth your yeah. savings? Okay. It's a funny one because um, I have a couple of clients who are in America and they specifically work with me because our dollar is so crap. And so they win and I win because I just get my normal rate, which, you know, is a decent rate. But America's dollar just, you know, is so much better than ours. But they also like that I work in their nighttime. So if there's something I have to fix on their website, I can do it when everybody's asleep in America. So yeah. I think, again, it depends on like the particular type of business it is. But when I started my business, I fully anticipated not working with locals. Like my, I just imagined, oh, I'll be able to work with anyone. And more and more, my business has become local. And I think I've just realized people like local, like people like working with someone that they can meet, that they feel like is a real person that isn't just like sending it off to the Philippines or whatever, that there's someone who is actually a real person that works locally that they could meet with, even if I've never met with them, they still yeah. like that fact. Yeah. And in some ways, the option is I, there. Yeah. And in some ways I, I love that it becomes this kind of full circle thing where you know, then I've used them as my mechanic and I've used them as my like whatever. And I think there's something nice about that, that thing yeah. 
but it doesn't have to be that way, but it's kind of nice to be local. So it's funny that I never anticipated to be a local business, but I think more and more it's becoming that way. So I think there's room for both basically. And I definitely don't think you have to go local, but there's just something nice about it. Yeah. It's like people will feel connected to you. And like you said, even if they never like meet you face to face in person, but the fact that they can, and there's just that local connection that they feel like, you know, you can relate to uh, in in a foreign place. Yeah. I live in a town where from one side to the other, it's maybe 45 minutes. Um, And so, but I mean, it's a decent sized city, but it's still only 45 minutes from one side to the other. But if someone lived in Belconnen, I'd be like, I'm not coming that far. Like that's just too far. Let's just talk on Zoom. My town's like 20 minutes. So. Yeah. It takes me 45 minutes just to get downtown. Yeah, I think that's pretty normal in most cities. Our city is just, I don't know, it's easy to get everywhere. But um, yeah, I still would prefer to just stay at home. <laughs> All right. So so we so the client has interviewed web, you know, web designers. They found the person that they want to work with. Um, moving forward, moving into the project, what are, what are some things that the client needs to start doing to really get the ball rolling and help the, the web designer out, let's say? I'd say a lot of clients don't realize that they need to come prepared with content. They need mm-hmm. to know their business. They not, you know, I guess everybody kind of may want a website at different stages in their business. Maybe they're just starting. Um, but I think a lot of clients don't realize that they have to put in some work when they go to hire someone, unless you're going to pay for someone to write it for you. That's different. But I know when I started in my experience, people had very small budgets. You know, they weren't going to be hiring a copywriter or a photographer or anything like that. Um, so just know that, you know, you're going to have to put some cop, some text together for, you know, nobody knows your business like you do. Um, so you need to have content. Um, stay, you know, you I should be talked to about photographs. Crap, it's not going to convert. Like, exactly. Yeah, just because so you had a motor you're going to magically get customers. It needs to be good copy, <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah. If, if you have a restaurant and you're doing a website for that, have like some nice pictures ready of your location, of your food, your staff, uh, have the menus put together, things like that. Yeah. yeah that seems yeah, to be I, I think a lot like of people it. have a really short time frame. Like they kind of come in saying like, I want a website. Um, can I have it by like next month? kind of thing and then they don't have the content ready and they don't have the photos ready and so they're the one that's actually holding it up but then also if you can recognize the fact that it takes time to build a website like it takes time to design it it takes time back and forwards to make sure that it's the right design and it takes time to build that website so I think for the most part most small businesses could at least anticipate if we were starting today maybe a four week ish to six week ish time term turnaround is normal for a business just purely I mean some places can turn it around way faster that's great good on you but for the most part there is back and forward and that stuff is just a natural part of making sure that the website is going to do the right thing once the website's ready it still needs to be tested and make sure that it's going to function correctly so there is stuff takes time and if you hold that up by not getting content or images to us then that's more than that time. Um, yeah. So yeah, yeah. It's kind it's of a funny. joke actually in our industry. Like that's the biggest thing that holds up projects is content yeah. from clients. Yeah, it, it is. Uh, but sure. I, I think we as like web designers can get better at communicating it with clients. So yeah. in saying that, I, I think moving into, you know, you found the right person, um, you know, if, if they have a contract or, you know, they've, they've sent over like the quote, read like the terms and conditions really well. And if you have questions, ask a lot of questions. 
Um, I know, I know like in our contract, uh, we don't do a lot of client work anymore, but when we used to, that was something in there. You must provide the content up front. And, you know, if, if you hold up the project, that's not our fault. You still have to pay us. If we say it's going to take six weeks, you don't have the content. You, you still have to pay us. Um, so read those contracts really good. Hopefully web designers, you have something like that in, in your, in your contract, <laughs> but I, I think writing I think, my contract now. <laughs> yeah. On, on our end, we, we should really be communicating that to the client, but, yeah. uh, but they should also be asking, you know, how can I, how can I help yeah. you expedite things and move this along? Contract yeah. is the first thing I wrote on my list when I was thinking about this kind of stuff. Like if yeah. you're, if you're going to go into an arrangement that is several weeks long and it's going to be thousands of dollars, I mean, make sure you have a contract, especially when it's something that, you know, as a business owner of someone who owns a restaurant or a mechanic or something by nature, you're not going to understand everything about a website build, right? You're not going to, that's why you're hiring somebody to do it. So yeah. make sure that all of the bits and pieces are explained in a way that you understand, make sure you understand the payment terms. You know, I mean, there's not a, not a lot of industries that require 50% down. You know, I mean, so that's something that people might not see coming that is very yeah. standard or, you know, what do you get when this is all said and done? How is yeah. a website handed over? Even things about security. What about passwords and credentials? If you've got to give them credentials to your social media accounts, for example, or to other, you know, other bits and pieces of your business, how is, do they have something in place to transmit that securely? Do they have some way to give you credentials back in the end when it's all said and done so that you hold the keys. Because I tell you, that is one of the most common, I don't know about you guys, but whenever I work with a new client, they all have some horrible web developer that they hate who just completely <laughs> peace out and none of them can log into their website anymore. Exactly. And you guys see that all the time. So yeah. make sure that you, bit, yeah. that there is a handoff procedure, things like that, that, you know, again, as a, just a business owner, you don't think about that kind of stuff. So I think that, and, and, you know, web developers don't always, you know, they take advantage a little bit sometimes. And it's really a shame because it's given us sort of a bad name and makes people distrust us and things. But, you know, if you just know that stuff ahead of time to be able to just make sure it's documented, then everything can just go so much more smoothly. Yeah. Yeah. I like that you brought up contract because I think that's really important because there's a lot of, of web designers that, that don't use a contract. And, um, you know, it goes both ways. It's to protect the web designer and the, the business owner. And so yeah. not just a contract with like legalese text, but something that clearly outlines the scope of the project. This is what I'm getting for this price, you know, yeah. or th these payment terms, whatever. Um, and, and that's a big deal. And a, a lot of clients don't appreciate that fact. They think that it's something that's going to like lock them in or like it's only, you know, set out to protect the web designer. And I'm sure there's yeah. contracts out there like that. But, um, you know, that's something that you should expect when you're hiring a web designer is that they have a contract and then it's two-sided and that it, you know, holds them accountable as much as it holds you accountable. Right. Um, yeah. And if there's something you're not comfortable with, or you're, you know, maybe there's something that you wish, you know, was in there, talk to, talk to the web designer about it. Hey, can we add something into this yeah. effect? Or I don't see that. Yeah. And, and it might help them too. Like where our contracts are always evolving. Like every job you learn something and you add something else into your contract. So, yeah. you know, by you asking a question, it could just help them to add something into their contract. That's going to be helpful for future clients as well, because sometimes something is in the contract, not intentionally. It's just, we haven't thought to put it in there, but it doesn't mean that that's right. not a value that they stand by. It's just that they haven't put it in their contract yet. So that's fine. Ask. 
on the flip side, there might be something in there that's like, why is that there? Which it's because like you said, Sarah, it gets refined and, you know, yeah. the web designer got screwed over, you know, yeah. on the last job. And so they added this little blip and, you know, yeah. asked questions like, why is that there? So yeah. that the web designer can explain it. The other thing um, I always do with my clients is try and put stuff in writing in emails. So like if you're asking questions and you want to do it over the phone and you like the phone better, that's okay. But if you're going to ask a technical question where you need something in answered that is kind of contract-ish, it might be better to put it in an email rather than over the phone because you can use that. Like it's it's not an official con- a contract, but at least in Australia, you can use that in legal proceedings if you needed to. So having something in writing that says, mm-hmm. I asked this question and they responded with this answer, like that's still, that's as good as having a contract. So um, yeah. if you're going to ask questions, do it in writing. Yeah, it's, it's probably a good idea. Even if you do have a phone conversation with the web designer, um, jot down notes, your questions, their answers, what you discussed, and then send them a summary of what the phone yeah. call was like. Hey, you know, I just want to recap our phone call. Does everything here look yeah. correct is what we discussed. Yeah. And then, and it know. might take you an extra 10 minutes, but that might save you hundreds of dollars in the end. So, you know, it might be worth it. Billions be able to, yeah. Definitely Come back to it and say, hey, we said this and it's in writing. <laughs> yep. All right. So, so contract assigned, let's say we got content somewhat together. I, I think something I was thinking about before this, uh, before this episode is point of contact and have like one, maybe two of the most points of contact web designers don't want to be on a conference call with like 10 people sitting around yelling out things and giving you a bunch of different ideas. Yeah. yeah. I'd say one point of contact is ideal Two at the most, if it's absolutely necessary, if you're traveling a lot and whatnot, have you guys ever had any bad experiences with that? Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Yep. yeah. I've had it where there's one point of contact, but that point of contact had, you know, 10 people, uh, on their team go through and like do revisions and stuff and then uh they just send me everything all at once and there's like redundancies you know with like you know it says to change something up here and then it says it again down here and then down here it actually contradicts those other two and yeah. it's like technically that's one point of contact but that's not helpful information you know one person needs to like digest it and come up with you know a clean you know and, and like obviously revisions are never fun no matter what but um, but yeah, so that's where it's like technically one point of contact, but like still a nightmare. <laughs> yeah, you kind of need to be acting like it's just a one-on-one chat. But also probably if you're in an organization where there's quite a few people, making sure it's the right person that you're selecting. Because um, if it's someone who has no status or they can't make any decisions, then it's <laughs> going to mean you're going to spend more time on meetings. Because if it's, say, like just some PA, like a personal assistant or someone who is the main point of contact, that's fine. But if all they can do is gather information and be this middleman of like gathering information for the web designer, taking it to the boss, taking information, going back, you're going to spend way more money on meetings than you need to. And you may be better off. That's like like a recipe for out the money of spending this big person's money's time to be the point of contact because, or at least for meetings, Um, And in that case, maybe you have the three points of contact so that you have the person who can make some decisions in the meetings so that you can just cut that time down because otherwise you're just going to spend money unnecessarily. Yeah, if if you're going a day or so, you know, in between like getting an answer back on something that can definitely prolong. Takes like two times as long. Like it's ridiculous. Yeah. Plus it's like playing the telephone game. You're not even, your message isn't even. 
yeah. me have the assistant presenting your designs and things, you know. That's, yeah. 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 And they're not, they're just like, um, they said it looked like this. <laughs> no, no, I said it. I made it sound way better. <laughs> yeah. Agreed. Um, I think something that will give you the most value is being a superstar client. So being a superstar client, I'm sure we all have like a bunch of different tips about how you can be it. But the reason that being a really good client is going to go in your favor is that your web designer is going to like you. They're going to want to work with you. They're going to want to prioritize your work. And although we don't technically have favorites and we don't technically have favorite children, and realistically we have to make choices every day about what work we're going to do and what work we're going to do first and what quality we're going to do it to and yeah we all want to do our very best work but realistically if someone is being really great to work with it's just going to be even if it's unintentional you are going to prioritize that work and you're going to do it to a better standard and you're going to stay in contact more often and you're just going to have a better relationship so you're going to end up with a better product at the end so I was thinking there's a few things. I'll just check one out and then you guys can check out some more. But I reckon if you can, if you have the money in your bank, pay. Like as soon as you get that invoice, just pay it straight away. Even though it has 14 days on it, even if it has 30 days on it, if you can arrange for it to get paid straight away, your web developer is going to love you and it will (laughs) just go really well for you. So that's my number one. If you can pay it, just do it straight away. It's, It's a lovely thing to do as a client. Yeah. And that's why, uh, electronic invoicing is amazing because it allows the client to go and just pull out the credit card and pay it right away instead of having to like do a check and mail it or, you know, go through the accounting department to process the check. And yep. Yeah. Do you guys have other tips? I have like a ton of other other things. I I think, I think piggybacking on, on what you said, Sarah, is a note that I jotted down is like help set the tone of the project and just be positive and enthusiastic. Yep. Um, about it. Like don't have every, like, piece of feedback be like completely negative and you know because because a web design project can go downhill really quick if you're being like super nitpicky and like a downer and talking down to the designer it's just gonna it's just gonna ruin the the whole project so I think from the get-go just be enthusiastic about it try to be pleasant hopefully I mean if the designer isn't pleasant then you know it's it's hard to be but if your designer's sitting there with a smile on their face while you're berating them it's it's just not (laughs) not gonna work out well so no. Well, and there's so many, um, there's so many different types of web projects and things, you know, but the type of projects that I think a lot of us do, we really, in a lot of ways are consulting with our clients, right? We're educating them. We're helping them so many elements of marketing. We're not just pixel pushers, you know, we're, we're code monkeys. We're actually helping them to achieve business goals with these things. So if, if that's what a client is really after, and they have gone through this whole vetting process and they get they get down to this point of the project where we're talking right now, you know, you've vetted us. So now what, I mean, what is better than a client that trusts you, yeah. right? When that, you, yeah, that's my you biggest a relationship <laughs> and then you explain something that might be a little different from what they had in their mind, either how it looks or how it functions or whatever. And they say, okay, you're the expert on this. Like, what is better than that? That's because it's like, you really are trying to help them. I mean, if they succeed, you succeed. Right. So, if you can get into that, and that's where all of those, excuse me, all of those early steps come into play. 
like all of that vetting that might seem like it's taking forever and it might cost a little bit more money and it might do stuff. But when you get to that point, think of how much better the end result is going to be because you've got this partner now instead of just a, somebody doing what they're told, you know? Right. Yeah. And, and yeah, I, th that's what I was going to say too, that, you know, trust your designer. Stop copying uh, me too. So, so I don't want to reiterate <laughs> and just repeat everything. That was my thing. Like, <laughs> it's important to not just like choose someone based off of price, uh, choose someone yeah. based off of experience and how they're going to help you accomplish your goals. So that when you do trust them with the project, you can trust them to make the right decisions for you. And even if it's slightly different than what you had in mind, they're the expert. And yeah, yeah I, I always kind of just say like, okay, how would, would you, would you like it if somebody came to your job and told you how to do it? You know, probably not. Um, so I know I've had like experiences where I've had redesign clients come and they've had a bad experience with a previous designer. Um, and, and I'm here expecting full trust. So obviously I, I'm going to have to give a little, right. This person's gotten, gotten burned already. So I have to kind of alleviate that, but trust is the number one thing. Like, I mean, why hire somebody you don't trust? You shouldn't, you should, you know, find the right person. This is why you don't just hire the first web designer. Probably you want to ask a couple or go through a couple um, yeah. But if, I would definitely say if you don't have a gut feeling that you're going to get along or this person is willing to have you as have as much say as you might want, you know, if you if you want to control everything in the website, there's different web designers who will be OK with working on, with people like that. And there's others who won't. Um, so it kind of depends. How much are you willing to give up the reins? If, if you're not able to, then you want to make sure you find somebody who you're going to be able who's going to be able to take that, first of all, because. Well, I know I don't like it, but, um, <laughs> but yeah. So I had, like, a, I had a, I was going to say they need like a tender for web designers. Where, you know, <laughs> right? I had a client come to me um, a while back and he was really upfront about that stuff. And I think it made him a really good client. So he said like, I'm, I'm really picky about things. I want things to be really particular. I want to have a say about things, but I'm willing to pay for it. And so I was like, okay, I can work with that. Like, yes, it's going to be more hours. Yes, it might be frustrating that you want this thing like one pixel across, but I know that you're willing to pay for my time and you've been really upfront right, like right out of the bat. So I knew what I was getting into. And I think that that made him a really great, great client because I, I knew straight up and he knew straight up that he was allowed to do that. And so it made it really, it didn't, it wasn't awkward. Whereas yeah. sometimes I think you feel like you're in a trust relationship and then they start coming back with all these nitpicky things yeah. and you think, oh, I didn't know. And then there's this awkward vibe of like, oh, another email from them. But I knew I was going to get these emails. So I wasn't funny about it. Um, so you yeah. can be, if you're going to, if you want to be in control, just be upfront and say, I want to, I want to be involved. They may charge you more for that. So you need to be aware that, there's that classic thing that gets sent around. Like um, if, if I just trust you, then it only costs like this much, yeah. but if you know, I'm fully involved, then it costs this much. Like you may need to pay more to be really involved. So be aware of that, but be upfront with it because it'll help you find someone better and have a better relationship in the end. I think, I think on, on that note, um, if you can communicate really clearly, like if you have feedback to give your developer, like, just doesn't pop like it's just a bit uh, I just I like it but I don't like it like that yeah, stuff that's is not helpful not at all like so it. if there is a way that you can ask yourself the questions before you're sitting face to face again like if you can limit the time that you're in a meeting 
or in an email that it's not 500 lines of it's just a bit meh like if you can sit down with yourself or even sit down with your partner or with someone else and say but why don't you like it like see if you can get the words out of I just don't like that shade of pink or I feel like it's a bit bland or it's a bit empty or if you can somehow get more accurate information around why you don't like it and what you would like it to look like or if you can find another website that has a particular thing and you think well I was really hoping it would look like this then at least you've got something to talk about rather than sending your designer back to be like trying to redesign it with no information other than it's a bit meh or I'd like it to pop more our (laughs) idea of what will make it pop more Um, it's going to be different to your idea of what will pop more so if you can at least show an example like if you want a butt ugly website I will create it for you like that is what you want but I don't know what pop means to you until you show me an example of what that means I won't promote it just so you know if you make me make you a really ugly website I will not promote it to anybody I say right I'll make it for you right from the get-go even before you've seen the first iteration of the site just tell the designer you want the logo bigger. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that right wow. out the back. Honestly, though, on that point, if you can find some other websites that look like what you want, them, that is really helpful for a designer. So do yeah, that. They usually yeah. And they'll usually that. ask. Yeah, they'll usually ask for some. Usually, some they, they usually will. But even if they don't, like do the work before you even approach them and go and look, do some research Have rather plan, than just yeah. turning up. <laughs> There's a hilarious uh, comic from The Oatmeal talking about it's the title is How a Web Design Goes Straight to Hell. And I don't know if you intentionally re- meant to reference it, uh, Sarah, but it talks about how the client <laughs> like now it, it, I just need a design that pops. And then, you know, the design that the designer came up with was like functional and really good and made sense. And then the uh, the client comes in and adds all of their changes. And by the end of it, it has like kitty cats on it. And, <laughs> it just looks terrible. Yeah, we'll, we'll link to it in the show notes for this episode. Let's, uh, let, let's address a quick question. I just kind of engage the uh, listeners here. Uh, Mike Devitt asks, uh, has any of the panels started work and then separated with a client um, because you two could not agree? What were the reasons, contracts, scope creep, et cetera? Anybody have a, I, I guess that was probably somewhat talked about last week. I haven't watched the episode, so maybe we don't go too much into it, but. No, I don't think we actually talked about parting, but I think it's a really good conversation to have. Um, And I know that the guys, um, Tim and David, have done an episode on how to, um, well, it's more the other perspective of how to fire a client um, on their podcast, but I think it's a good That's something that should maybe be in the contract too. There should be a way to part ways. Um, It happens. Um, So yeah, when you're being handed the contract and looking that over, if you don't see something like that, um ask ask if something like that can be put in what's you know the safety net what's the procedure to how much do you get back do you get anything back um everybody works differently but that should be yeah. something addressed in the and contract as well. I, i'd venture to say more often than not i'd say the reason is scope creep um you know and, and that's coming from me from a, a designer you know maybe maybe the uh the, the customer the client is thinking that we're not doing enough and there was some mis- miscommunication in, in the contract maybe so I think that those um, expectations really need to be set up front, but scope creep is a, is a killer. So um, I, I guess going into that, the big R word, like moving through a project revisions um, and you know, like what tips do we have for clients for giving revisions, feedback, how much, how detailed to get, when to back off. 
Well, I think Tim touched on a good point earlier when he mentioned, um, he gave that example where someone was asking like 10 different people their opinion of what the designer was doing. Um, you want to ask, it, it's fine. You know, I, I totally get wanting to get, if you don't know what you should be looking for, it's, it's natural to want other people's opinions. But you have to realize that one person can't take into account 10 people's opinions who probably don't know anything about your business, you know, any more than, definitely not more than you do. Um, so that's something to keep in mind. If, if you're going to be asking opinions and trying to speak with your designer developer what what's going on with the website before it launches, um, just, you know, be aware to be considerate that it, you don't want, you don't want to go asking everybody because you can't articulate, you know, to the designer what changes you need. It just makes it too difficult. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Uh, I guess another example of potentially like parting ways from a client um, that's happened to me before. Uh, and it wasn't necessarily scope creep. Um, basically, I wasn't on me and the client weren't on the same page, no, no pun intended, uh, where basically I thought I was giving the client exactly what they had asked for and what we talked about, but there, we were just so far, not in the right direction to me, it looked good and it accomplished their goals. And, you know, I used what I, they gave me what I had to work with and, and all that, but we, you know, we just had to part ways cause we, we weren't on, on the, on the same page and we weren't even close. We weren't even on the same, like, uh, <laughs> I don't know. Planet. The same internet. Planet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <The> same internet. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah that's no, why having I, something in the contract to where you can part ways and the deposit, the work that's done, you know, gets yeah. billed or, you know, whatnot. So having something in there is important. Yeah. A, a deposit's a deposit. You're putting that money down to reserve the designer's time. And it's not something yeah. that we can just like give back to you because while we've been working on this, since we had the deposit, you know, we could have been working on other things. So, you know, you, you can't just go and like request that deposit back because, yeah. you know, there's a couple of weeks out of our time that we've been working on your project and, you know. We yeah, and it's heartbreaking for everyone, right? Like parting ways, I think it's important to recognize as early as you can, this isn't going well. Like I, I'm just not sure that we're going to be able to get there because the sooner you can recognize that, the sooner you actually can get out just at your deposit point um, rather than further down the track. So if you can recognize that early, but that's where what Stephanie was saying is really important about vetting, like spend more time vetting so you can try and work out if you're looking at their portfolio and you're thinking, if I had one of their websites, I'd be pretty happy. Then you know you're probably not going to be too far from what you're looking for in the end. But like I've had, um, we, we lost a client partway through and we all lost, like we lost time she lost money. It was a bad experience because she couldn't be clear about what logo. It was a design job, but she couldn't be clear about what logo she wanted. She had something in her mind that she couldn't articulate. We came up with these great designs. They were beautiful. I think that they very much fit the brief, but we ended up doing a number of revisions because that from her perspective, she was saying, I feel like we're close. I feel like we're going to get there. So we just kept going. And in the end, we lost out so bad. And she lost out all this time that she could have been spending with someone else. Plus she lost out on deposit worth of work because she had to pay the amount of time that we had spent. No one won in that situation. And I think from my perspective as a developer or a designer, I wish we had got out earlier, like right at the beginning when I felt like this is not going in the right direction. I think I, I said, hey, should we end it? But I should have firmly said, 
I think that we're not the right yeah. designer for you. And, but and from you can, the client always... as well, you can get out. If you feel like it's not going in the right direction, say it early. Don't wait until way down the track because it's just, it ends horribly for everybody. Yeah. It's not you. It's me. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It doesn't have it's to be. Me, it, doesn't, it's you. <laughs> it doesn't have to be horrible though. You can just say, hey, I just feel like these designs aren't what I was imagining. I'm concerned at this point that maybe we're just not the right fit. Let's go look somewhere else. And it's not, it doesn't have to be the end of the world. As long as the person gets paid for the time that they spent, they're not going to be upset that they didn't get to finish the job as long as they don't end up out of pocket. So if you can jump out earlier rather than later, that's going to be better for everybody. I want to pull out something you said, Sarah, because you said, um, you know, if they're thinking, no, this is not what I was envisioning or imagining. Um, you know, if, if you have champagne taste on a beer budget, that, that might be an issue. You know, if you see yeah. all these awesome sites, you're like, oh my God, I want that, I want that, I want that. But I only have like $2,000. You know, it depends. Can't, does it necessarily mean that a really good website is going to be the most expensive? Not necessarily at all. There are plenty of developers and agencies out there who will offer budget prices for really good websites. Um, it's just a matter of doing your homework. But don't think that I have to spend $10,000 for, and I'm just a little mom and pop shop trying to start. That's not necessarily, the, it, you can cost that much, but it doesn't have to for a good website. Um, but be, you know, be mindful of your budget. Don't expect somebody to work hours and hours and hours and give you this amazing thing that you can see on some, you know, Fortune 500 com company site. Yeah. And you've just got this little bit to give. I mean, it has to be fair and, you know, commensurate. Plus, you may not need all that fancy stuff. Right, like exactly. Feel like you need these fancy things. But a really clean, clear website can be way more effective, especially for a small business. It doesn't have to have all the fancy right. things to actually do its job. And that's where you're getting right back into, like, having a relationship with your developer yeah. and having somebody that you can trust and is going to advise you on things yeah, yeah I, right. I, I think we've all had those clients who sent like uh, Apple's website or some like huge. <laughs> I want this, and okay. I have two hundred dollars. Yeah, probably, I'll need to hire a developer. Yeah, for that, you can but. you can hire their agency, which was like probably over half a million. Right. Or uh, you know, I can do it for a respectable price. But yeah. I think I shared this last week or whenever we talked about our horse stories. That was last week, right? Yeah. Yeah. Where. A client sent me Tony Robbins' website. Oh yeah, I was like, "Where's the Tony Robbins in this?" I'm like, "What? You're showing me this site until right now." Or Tony Robbins. <laughs> I mean, Tony Robbins' site looks great, but I mean, come on. And yeah. something else, I I've told my clients before, and um, they don't always take it very well. But if you're if you're running like a say a business site and you're trying to get convert, whether some wants to buy something from you or whatever, um your site isn't for you. If you love hot pink, yeah. that mean your business should website should be hot pink. It's for your yeah. target audience. Keep that in mind. Cause a lot of people go into this like, yeah. Oh my God, I love this. I love this. I want this. And it, they just think about them and what they would yeah. like to see. It's not about you. I mean, yeah. most of the time it's not. Um, so just, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I, I think it's really good. They might not like that. Really good. <laughs> I would like it if all my clients felt that way. That's how cats end up on websites. <laughs> yes yes all right um so I, I think we've pretty much covered the most for the most part the web design process i mean is there anything client-wise for the for the handoff um in and going live maybe that the that the client should be looking out for and oh make sure you have access to your dns like they should ask you that early 
They should probably put a list. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm, I'm going to say in that, yeah, when it does come time and like, if you don't, for some reason, have the domain yet and email set up, keep control of that. Don't like have your, your web yeah. designer buy the domain on their GoDaddy account, because that's something that. Yeah. You, that's uh, another thing, getting in, of, getting into reseller hosting and all, all different kinds of hosting and all that stuff. I'm sure we all had a client who had no idea how to get into their own site and they never heard from yeah. their developer again. Um, yeah. Yeah. And if you lose your domain, <laughs> then you're, you're screwed <laughs> in a lot of cases. I yeah. mean, I've seen some horror yeah. stories with it. So just get on to GoDaddy. It's easy to use Buy your own domain. Um, Wait, what are you advising? <laughs> I, I like, I like GoDaddy. Oh, GoDaddy's fine for domains. I like GoDaddy. domains, I love GoDaddy. Yeah, yeah they're fine. Problem, right? Don't buy a domain there and then they buy yeah, hosting. Yeah, and then they get, yeah, so, they're right there and it's yeah. easy. So um, just place. know, yeah, but y'all should know, if everybody watching should know, it is not a big deal to have your domain in one place and your site hosted on another. That's totally normal. Uh, don't get think your like- your email someone, in the third place. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's totally normal. Don't feel like it-, it Something I can see why at, at the very, you know, face value, you can think of like, oh, yeah, everything's in one place. That makes it easier. Yeah, I mean, technically it, it can, but no, just yeah. no. <laughs> Too many passwords. Yeah, that's the thing. People hate it. You use LastPass. Uh, it makes your life easier. I know. Isn't that the best? <laughs> I think something, too, that should be discussed, but at least before the hand, you know, like at the end of a project, too, is what, you know, hosting is a perfect example, but what are the ongoing costs? Because depending yeah. on the client, people don't understand that, you know, okay, I bought a website, so now I own it, right? But is there, are there premium plugins that are going to need updated annually? Are there stock photos? Are there, is there video royalties? Is there- Is your theme going to have an update every week? You're right. Are you going to have to get somebody to update your site for you? Are you going, you know, maintenance stuff? Is it going to be, you know, even the email? I mean, how, where are you getting your email set up? Are you doing that through G Suite? And it's going to be- per month fees for that you know i think that's a really useful thing because sometimes it's like you convince somebody maybe especially if they have sort of a low budget and this is a big deal for them to spend a few thousand bucks or something and then all yeah. of a sudden you go back and like oh and by the way you have to pay me 50 bucks for this and oh by the way this is going to be you know yeah. it's like that to me can ruin a relationship because they feel nickel and dimed and yeah yeah and some developers early on will feel nervous about bringing that stuff up early because they feel like, oh, you're already spending so much money. I don't want to like tell you that you're going to have to pay maintenance and blah, blah, blah. So I put it all in my contract. It's way right easier there. to get it out of the way like ahead of time, yeah. Yeah, but if, you're, yeah. if your developer doesn't bring it up straight away and you want to work with them, ask them, them that question straight away so you know straight away and you don't get to the end of the website and then they say, oh, and I will be hosting it and you will be paying me $300 a month. Like, <laughs> you don't want that. <laughs> so yeah. you want to know early on, is this going to be a problem if I want to choose to host somewhere else after we finished the website, is that possible? Like, can I just take my website somewhere? You need to know that information, even if you choose to stay with them. Definitely. All right. Well, we're coming up to the top of the hour here. Uh, do you guys want to do some quick uh, final thoughts and wrap things up? Yep. Sounds good. All right. Who wants to start? Uh, I'll go. I think uh, the main things that we learned here today are to vet your web developer. Get to know them a little bit, check out their portfolio, but get to know them too. The, um, that relationship is imp an important one if you're going to have a successful project. Mm -hmm. I'll go next. Um, on the kind of the flip side of that, I, I mean, 
definitely vet. But in the event that it's not a good fit, like we talked about, um, and we mentioned how it's okay if it doesn't work out. Uh, and this is kind of advice for a client uh, that's going to be hiring a designer. And then for a designer is um, make it easy to have a clean break. So for example, don't have your web designer buy your domain and, and stuff like that. Um, or one, one thing that David and I teach in our course is use us for a, a designer developer, use a separate email that you set up your client's stuff with, you know, Google analytics, uh, Google search console, you know, if they're going to have the client's going to have you buy the domain, you know, use that email and then you know, make it a free Gmail account. And then you can hand that over to the client and it's attached to all their accounts and so that way it makes it a clean break, you know, whether it doesn't work out or even if it does, everything just kind of stays nice and clean rather than like different emails are used and the client set up some stuff and then the designer sets some stuff up with their email and it's just confusing. Um, not So yeah, not just for a, uh, a clean break if it doesn't work out, but just in general, you know, just stuff like that uh, is good practice. Definitely. My turn? Who's next? Go ahead. Um. I, I will say that when you're when you're going around and you're asking questions and um, trying to find out who to hire, um, and if you're asking these questions about hosting or you know how am I going to get out of the contract if something goes wrong, what happens then? And that person, if that and that company or person is like crickets or they don't want to talk about that stuff, I would say that's a red flag. You should find somebody who is completely okay with being transparent and honest about where you're, you know, everything's being, um, like everything's in your name, the domain's in your name, like no one's just trying to hijack, you know, put on their hosting and you don't even know. Um, I would say if you ask any of these questions that we kind of mentioned and you don't, you get like a standoffish or like, whoa, why are they asking that? Or no, I don't want to change the contract to include that. I would say that don't hire that person. Um, because there's plenty of other people that you could, you know, don't feel like you, you have to stick to, well, I have three people I looked at. I should really just stick to one of them. If it takes you more time, it's going to take you more time. It's just going to be better for you in the end. Find the right person. Definitely. Awesome. Um, my advice is going to be kind of off track slightly. And it's going to be, if you want a really kick-ass website, pay someone to do your content and pay them to do it before you have your web design done because you'll have a way better product in the end. Definitely. Um, I think mine's going to be, um, which we sort of touched on it, but just how important communication is um, with your designer. Um, I, I think something good is like set time aside every week, maybe a couple of hours to focus on your, your web, you know, your web design project where it's at Set, set aside, you know, on a Wednesday at 3 p.m., I'm going to meet with a web designer and we're going to talk for uh, 30 minutes. Like really set that time aside because it can be, it can be a turnoff to designers when, you, you know, you have a meeting set and, you know, you're constantly changing, like rescheduling things. And it just makes things really difficult. So communication is really important. So, all right. Well, I think that concludes uh, episode 94 of Divi Chat. We definitely <laughs> uh, thank everybody for tuning in. Um, obviously, those of you watching live right now, you can find us on YouTube. Uh, you can um, look for us on iTunes. Just search Divi Chat and our website, Divi.chat. And Spotify and, and Google yeah. Play. I was going to have Leslie <laughs> name off the other ones. <laughs> you got those set up. And SoundCloud. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks everybody again for, for tuning in and we'll, uh, we'll see you next week. Bye. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Be a good client.